Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I think we're going to have fun in our next segment. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Altaf will take care of you at Roos Chris, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. We're going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And uh, one way to make uh, Louis DeBrusque uh, smiles to bring him a little bit of beef jerky. And Louis DeBrusque joins us right now on the River Cree Resort <laughs> Casino Hotline. How, uh, yeah. how how stoked were you to get that care package the other day? I was very stoked. It's, that is delicious stuff. It's amazing. And I've been eating that jerky for a long time. It's, it's great. So, thank you very much. Yeah, that was outstanding. All right, Louis, can you uh, can you you're going to chuckle at this next test? Can you uh, text? Can you handle a little bit of objectivity because you're going to find it quite ironic? Okay. <laughs> okay. Here, here yeah. we go, Bob. First time texter, long time listener. This text comes to us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And the texter says, let's call a spade a spade. Cross-check Weber is dirty, dirty, dirty. I don't mind the hard physical play, but the cross-checks were dirty as hell. The superstars, Leon Connor, Sidney Nathan, are why fans watch, and it ain't to see Shea Weber cross-checking, guys. It's not what we're tuning in for. The Oilers are plenty tough, unfortunately. Uh, our toughness was watching. As a side note, Louis DeBrus' commentary, to be honest, um, I expect more. It was hard to listen to his neutrality. Listen to a Flames games. Now those guys know who the home team is, win or lose. Oh, wow, because I know you got a couple of shots saying, oh, you're too hard on the refs last night, and here you have a texter saying you're too neutral. So I thought you'd find a, a bit of a chuckle last night. Here's the thing, Louie. We've talked about this, you and me, on the bus for, uh, you know, on drives to and from the airport over the years. 
It's a loser's lament to whine about officiating game after game after game. Heck, there's a there's an east there's an Eastern Conference broadcast, television broadcast, that complains about the refs from start to finish, and you might be watching them on a regular basis, Louie. It never ends. So, so here's Go the for thing. It. I guess he missed my comment that Corey Perry went down like he got hit by Mike Tyson when Connor McDavid brushed him. Yes. Or got hit by you know, like so Here's the thing. I, you can have your opinion. That's great. I mean, that's the best thing about the sport. You're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to see the game the way you see it. This is the way that I see it. And, hey, I have no problem with this comment. But, listen, I, I, I do agree with you, Bob, in the sense that we've talked about this a lot. And you finally get to a stage where you're like, I could complain about the referees every single night. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it might be the most difficult sport to ref in all sports. You know, talking with a buddy of mine, he said that to me today. I'm going to steal that from you because you're right. There's just so many moving parts on the ice at any given time that for officials on the ice, and now that we have two referees that are in charge where you have two different mentalities watching two different things at the same time, they're never going to see the game the same way. So as far as consistency goes, that's what we're experiencing right now. So I agree. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Shea Weber shouldn't have had a cross check and tell you because he should have had at least two that I saw. You know, the second one on Drysettle. Now, listen, I'm going to make sure that I get this out there. Leon Drysettle came into the front of the net when Nugent Hopkins had a short side chance in the second period. He was the first one to deliver a cross check to Shea Weber. Okay, so he gives him the business with a cross check. Now, Shea Weber turns around and he gives him one back. For me, if I'm an official, I look at it and go, okay. You started it, he gave it back. Now, the second one that he gave him, though, was up by his neck. And that was a much harder one. That's a penalty to me and should have been called. On the power play, also in the same period, he gets cross-checked and pretty much face plants into the ice after a I mean, Leon Dreis is a pretty strong individual. To put him down the way that Shea Weber did, it takes a really aggressive cross-check to do that. The hit penalty on Dreisaitl, I don't think, was a penalty. I think it was a good shoulder to the chest hit. I know that Edmondson was swinging at the puck, whether it bounced or ticked his stick or whatever. They were running around throwing hits like that all night long. I think the final total was over 90 hits between the two teams. So I just didn't understand why that one was called at that time. And for me, all I've ever wanted is consistency. So if you're if you're not going to call penalties, which we talked about, that's fine. Let it go. Let it go. And you know what? We'll say, hey, that could have been a penalty. Whatever. They're put the whistles away, which Jack and I said on the air last night. They're putting the whistles in their pockets. They're letting them play because they certainly missed some calls early on. And that's fine. As long as both teams understand this is the way it's going to be called. Well, but right. then you start then you start selectively picking penalties you're going to call. That's where I have a problem. All right. That's where and, I have a problem. And as you we've discussed, you can only really do it as a broadcaster four to six. I mean, the owners have McDavid. You know, oh, you can call a penalty every game. What are you supposed to call a play a penalty? We have listeners right now that say, yeah, damn straight. If they're hooking and reaching in on McDavid. I have a pitcher. You know the, the goal McDavid scored against the Canadians? I have a pitcher of him splitting the defense. Okay? Joel Edmondson is corkscrewing Connor McDavid. He's got his stick between his legs, and Jeff Petrie is hooking him across the route, uh, across the wrist. I have the photo. The referee is in the shot. There's no inclination to call a penalty in that sequence. He's not going to call a penalty. There's two separate fouls that are right there in the photo. It's as plain as day, right? But, but here's, so you could say, well, you could call a penalty, three penalties on McDavid every game. I think you can always really, only really uh, logically get upset four to six times a year. I think as a manager, you can't be doing it game
game after game after game because you come across no. as all. But you have to pick your spots three or four times. And again, there are shows out there, broadcasts out there that are on the officials game after game after game. And I'm like you, I think it's a hard job. But part of the problem is what's the standard? And who dictates well, where that standard comes from, Louie? So here's an interesting conversation that I had also with my friend this morning. And he said, you know, if you're a new viewer to hockey in this pandemic and you're watching the games right now, try and explain to them what's a penalty and what's not. Go ahead. You try and do it. Because at the start of the game, when guys get tripped with the puck on their stick and their legs get taken out from underneath them and there's no call early in the game, and then later in the game they call a penalty, you're like, wait a second. That wasn't called early in the game, but now it is. Why, why wasn't it called the first three times that it happened? They'll have no understanding of what is a legitimate penalty and what isn't. And that, to me, is a problem. That, to me, is a problem. But this has been an age-old conversation. And once again, to, to go back to that listener, you're right. I've gotten sick and tired of talking about it. So if I'm neutral in my approach to it, well, you know what? It's because I've seen it for 15 years now doing this job. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sit there and allow the referees to have that much of an impact in my conversations on the air. I'm just not. Yeah, sometimes I boil over it. Even last night, I didn't like the call on Dreisaitl. I thought that Perry embellished for the second time in the game, which to me, that's a player showing up the referee. If you embell- I wasn't embellished, okay? I was, I was a tough guy. I played hard, but I never embellished. Okay, I didn't like embellishers. I didn't like guys that snapped their head back when they got grazed on the chin. Or, you know, to me, I just never liked that aspect. I understand it's gamesmanship. I understand that Corey Perry has done it for a long time. He's an excellent player in this league. He's a thorn in your side. It's what he does. But by now, you would think that the officials understand that. Now, Connor, he should have deserved. He deserved a penalty there. You can't throw your fist out in a butt end and kind of swing it into a guy's face. You just can't. But I also thought that the reaction by Perry could have easily warranted a penalty because of how he reacted. That's all. That's all I was saying on it. And listen, he's going to keep doing it because that's how he's done in his whole career. And that's how he gets his team on the power play. And where has he made his money? In front of the net on the power play throughout his career. So it's beneficial for him to try and engage and draw penalties as much as possible because it gets him on the power play. Which, you know, even late in his career, he's still very dangerous around the net. So I get it. I don't have to like it. But that's just the way it is. And it's not because I don't like Corey Perry. I think he's an amazing player. I love how tenacious he is. But there's no question he does embellish. That's just the way it is. Uh, all right. Uh, and I'm with you on a, on a, a bunch of things you hit on there. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, he is our Will Hawk headliner today on Oilers. Now this text comes in saying, I really don't love the league's protecting star players. I really love the 1980s, when if the boys went too far, the other team would go too far. There was some dirty play back in the day, but if you did it, you paid for it. The refs mm-hmm. used to be, uh, the the refs used to be separate the bodies, and there would he bring back mess hockey. Everybody knew what happened when you messed with Wayne Gretzky, and you went through a whole team as a result. Uh, we, uh, but you know what's happened I mean, is they've t- they've taken that completely out of the game, have they not, Louis? They had, they had the best player in the game, and they they were smart. They had the toughest guys in the league at the time. Just look at the list. I mean, they had a very physical, tough team, starting with Dave Semenko, had the reputation that, yeah, you touch number 99 or anybody for that matter, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with Sammy. And he was, you know, one of the best at it, you know. God rest his soul. He was amazing. You know, he was just a big guy that understood exactly what he needed to do. Dave Brown, one of the most dangerous, scariest guys in the league. It was no fluke that they went out and got him. 
because they wanted that. George LaRock. I mean, he was the toughest in the league when he played. There's a reason why they wanted to get that because they understood the value of protecting your top players. Now, I think the pushback Monday was there. Zach Cassian only playing a minute and 25. And getting I know, that hurt, that hurt him. It hurt them. You know what? It I'm did. telling you, a guy like him running around, talking to people, he had a conversation with Anderson the warm-up. He, he got hurt trying to run Shea Weber. And they went leg to leg. I think it's a Charlie horse. I'm not exactly sure. I'm just going to guess on that. But certainly a left leg injury. That's that's, that's and, hope. It's that's hope. It's just a Charlie horse. Yeah, you know that's it's, you know optimism there that it's not going to be too too long. But they're you know what they hurt. I've had Charlie horses. They, they suck. But but here's the thing. Having, not having him in the lineup, Dave Tippett again was forced early in a game to shorten the bench and play players that were playing. And you know what? It depletes your lineup. Give, give the Montreal Canadiens credit. Unlike Monday, they didn't take their foot off the gas, and they continued to push. That was an excellent hockey game. Bob, it was a 2-1 game into the third period. It was outstanding. It was two great games. hockey once again. And here's the thing. I do think there are pushbacks. You have to have that in your lineup. Edmonton was missing a couple big guys in Carroll and Cassian, which provide a lot of physicality in your lineup and size, and it showed in game two. In my All right. Opinion. All right. Uh, where do I want to go here? By the way, who is, uh, who is the biggest embellisher when you played? You can call them out. Who, who no, are I honestly like? I can't like. I just I can't think of guys that uh, you know. A guy that was tough. Um, Steve Webb used to always try, try and suck guys into penalties, and it, it, it's a mentality, right? He was a great guy. Don't get me wrong. It was just the way he played. You know, it was the way he tried to benefit his team, and they allowed it to go a lot more back in the day. I, you know, listen. There's a penalty in place for it now for a reason. It's the integrity yeah. of the game. So. I, I, I listen, I'm not just calling out Corey Perry. I don't like embellishing really at all. You know, yeah. like uh, Matthew Kachuk does it too, but he does it well. He does it very well, and he draws a lot of penalties. Whereas on the flip side, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will probably take more punishment than anybody and sticks and grabbing and clutching and all that, never embellish, which I ultimately respect. I truly do. I just wish the referees would respect it as much as we do. Yeah, And that's my only argument. All right. As it stands now, and we apparently, and I, and by the way, Louis, you recall at the end of the second intermission, uh, we had a conversation, and we both said the same thing. And then I said it on the air uh, on the panel. I said, Dry Settle McDavid have got to get back to playing. And lo yeah. and behold, they both got penalties in the third, which took them off the ice, and which just frustrated and exasperated me even more because, yeah. you know, it was it was you know anything goes in the first period. Uh, so that was interesting. Under the context, well, you know, of- to touch on that honestly, Bob and I, and listen, uh, and I hate to say this because I love the physicality that Leon showed. I mean, he became yeah. there was comparisons on the panel for of him and Eric Lindros how he was running around. Wow. I mean, a guy that can put up a hundred points plus, like he can, fifty goals, and has that physicality. I mean, that's a that's an element that he's starting to bring out now. In saying that, like I talked about earlier with Weber, you go in and engage in that cross check. You better be ready for it coming back because you're inviting that to happen to you. Same with Connor. I love the fact that he's getting a little pushback. He's a little edgy. He's taking some penalties. I have no problem with that. And you know what? It's even better when the team goes out there and kills those penalties off because the, the McDavid call on Perry, they killed it. You know, and that's that's huge. The you know, dry sidle cross check the dry, on, on Monday night, the dry sidle cross check to Josh Anderson, they killed it as well. There you go. Like when you're big boys who do so much on the offensive side, and I don't like to always say offensive, they're tremendous players. They do a lot for the team. 
But when they do go over the edge and they get frustrated, that's when you really buckle down and kill a penalty off for them because that's part of it. That's part of allowing them to vent and have that. Now, you know, for me, though, I, I said it to you and you and I talked about it. For Leon, because he has a little more of that kind of, he gets a little bit more revved up. I, Connor has the ability, and it's amazing, to be able to just turn it off. He has the ability to kind of say, okay, I've kind of gotten involved in some scrums and this and that. Now it's just time to go to work. And he just he, he is focused. He's ultra-dialed in to do what he does. Whereas Leon, I think he's got a little longer of, of, of a hit of memory in the sense that he gets a little agitated, a little frustrated, and then he wants to take it out on people. And, you know, there was some of that. Listen, they played very well against Leon. He, you know, he invited that physicality. Usually he can brush that off. That's a big, imposing defense core. They were very aggressive on him. He still found a way to make a beautiful pass in third period, but it took some time. And I think the more that he plays those types of teams and the more he's put in those situations, to me, I look at these two games this week and I say these are awesome reminders of how tough it's going to be in the playoffs. This is playoff hockey. And I like the response Monday. I, I like the game on Wednesday last night, but not as much as I like Monday, but they were again depleted. And those are the types of games you're going to have to find ways to win too. But you're playing a very good team. That's also going to most likely be in the playoffs. I can't wait for it. Cause it's going to be incredible hockey, but I really think that I, that I can look at those two games and say, you know what? This team has made some huge strides. They've made some huge strides in that department, especially starting with the two big guys that have taken a lot of that. They've been able to handle it, and they can still be successful. Six points for McDavid in the two games against a team that he hasn't had success. Leon started to get better as the games went on, both of them. And, you know, listen, he, he, he maybe takes that physicality a little bit further, but I don't ever want to turn that off from them. But, yes, I do agree, especially for Leon. You know, he, he likes to engage in that a little bit. And if you're doing that too much, then you get away from what makes you what you are. But every once in a while, you got to push back because, as we talked about earlier, they're not getting protected by the officials, so a lot of times they're going to have to dish it out themselves. All right, Louis. Today is Earth Day. Now, you spend a lot of time outside with nature. You're a man that has an appreciation for it. Some people out there that are maybe the biggest supporters of Earth Day might not necessarily love everything you do. I respect that people are allowed to make their own decisions in life, but you definitely have an appreciation, don't you? For uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, you guy was out last, the other night, late walk in Tampa, and there was amazing northern lights. Around. I mean, I filmed it with my phone. Just in the dark, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, I've, I've always had uh, a great connection with nature. I love it. And I, I think Canadians are, and, and I, I know we're making an effort and all those sort of things. I think Canadians have a greater appreciation, and that's what makes some of the conversations around global warming and those things so interesting because it's not like, uh, you know, Canada's exactly China and India here. So, uh, but nonetheless, it is uh, great that we recognize it. Louis, we love having you on the show. And, uh, you know what? Let's do it again next Thursday. How does that sound? Sounds good. There you go. That's Louis DeBrusque from. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. NHL Hockey on Rogers. It's 12.51. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today in the Oilers Now Injury Report. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Suffice to say, a lot of you are engaged in today's show. Oilers GM says on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, you know you get retribution for McDavid in today's hockey. You target the other team's best players. Doesn't necessarily have to mean you be dirty. But you do to them what they do to ours. There you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, can you verify if 97 is now yelling at the refs like he's never done before? Hard to say from merely watching TV. Well, it was funny. There was a sequence where Connor made a hard play, a little bit greasy, and skated by the Canadian's bench. And I looked at Alex Burroughs, and Burroughs was staring him down. And, of course, he's got a mask on. And, and I don't know if Burroughs, I'm going to assume he didn't say anything because there's sort of an unwritten rule. And that's that assistant coaches and coaches, coaches shouldn't be chirping players on the ice. I, uh, but, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't hear McDavid. Uh, and you did hear, you can hear Mike Smith. Like you can definitely hear Mike Smith. There you go. You can play uh, Texas at 780-496-0063. This text comes in. Bob, do the players know what the penalty, uh, what is a penalty and what isn't? They can't call them all is the approach. They play dry settle dirty and they interfere with 97. That's the playbook. And that's what Kevin Bieksa was referring to a couple weeks ago. That's how you got to play against them. Um, and I think a lot of you, and, and see, we're sitting in Edmonton with those two players and maybe you look at it differently if you don't have guys of that caliber. Like Chris, Chris Pronger hammered some guys from Detroit during that 06 playoff series. All right, to the, where are we going to start here? We'll go to NHL today. It is brought to you daily for the last nine years in the show by Elite Promotional Marketing. Company branded PPE available, included logo masks, all created in-house. Edmonton owned and operated. Visit ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Ten games around the NHL tonight with Winnipeg home to Toronto in another huge game. Uh, that before Vancouver plays host to the Ottawa Senators. It sounds like newly acquired Leafs forward Nick Felino will debut for Toronto tonight. Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves does expect to be ready for the start of next season as he continues making progress and getting his health back on track is the verbiage that they've used. Remember the 32-year-old uh, has not played since I don't even think he played in the in the return to play last year, Bob. Did he uh, against the Oilers? I don't think so. When he's lethargic, is is how he put it. So Jonathan Taze? yeah. No, no, he played against Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, 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 he did. So didn't come back for the return this year then. Uh, Bakersfield right. can uh, pull within a point now of division-leading Henderson Silver Knights. Tonight in Nevada, those two teams completed two games set. Condors have 37 points to Henderson's 40 through 28 games. Uh, and a shuffle up this weekend uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, as you suspected, Bob. They host now the Medicine Hat Tigers tonight at the downtown community arena. Then they'll head down the QE2 for the rematch on Saturday, Sunday, back up in Edmonton to complete the pre-game set. Uh, yeah, there you have it. Uh, well, you know Jonathan Taze played in that series because Mark Spector made about 18 references to how he dominated McDavid and Drysaddle. 
as McDavid and Drysaddle combined for 15 points in four games on different lines. Uh, just kidding, Spec. Mark Spector will be on tomorrow for the horses at a horse race in Alberta. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. We all want Jonathan Taze back in the game. Tremendous two-way sentiment. Absolutely. Into the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. I will tell you this. Today is an off day for the Edmonton Oilers coming off last night's hard-fought game. We'll get an update, I would think, some point tomorrow, maybe from Dave Tippett on the status of Zach Haskin. You heard Louis DeBrus thought it uh, was a... Charlie Horse could have possibly been a hip flexor, and I would suggest to you that would be the best-case scenario for Cassian. Sometimes if it's a Charlie Horse or a hip flexor, you're looking at something that's you know less than three weeks. So let's hopefully it's not more significant than that. Um, Jujar Kara also getting a, you know a smoked um, and uh, knocked out of, uh, the, and that hurt him to not having those couple of players. Not having Ryan McLeod yet. I'm not saying he's going to be the magic elixir that's going to completely change Edmonton's matchups at times, but he's going to give the Oilers some speed and size in their bottom six uh, as well. Uh, he'll maybe play as early as Monday against Winnipeg, probably Wednesday. I think Kulikov will play Monday against the Jets. All right, coming up. At 105 today for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, solar. We will hook up with Kevin Weeks right now off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.